1: After a winter storm sweeps through a small mountain town in Utah, a shocking discovery is made on Christmas Day. The snowplow driver saw
2: what he thought was a human body in the snow. She had obvious
3: wounds into her throat and neck area.
4: There was such
2: a significant amount
4: of
1: blood. It was really a disturbing scene. Investigators must battle the winter elements to search for clues. Every single bit of weather, can destroy a crime scene. But will it also help catch a killer?
0: Well, once a body is completely frozen, that means evidence is more preserved.
5: Weather is always just there for us. It affects everything we do.
1: The tiny town of Huntsville, Utah, just east of the city of Ogden, and 45 miles north of Salt Lake City, sits at an elevation of nearly 5,000 feet. Huntsville, Utah, is located in a
6: mountain valley. It's essentially nestled in the Wasatch Range with some 9,000-foot peaks surrounding it. It's a very beautiful area.
3: The population up there is actually quite smaller, more rural.
1: There are horses, there are farmers up there. Surrounded by Pine View Reservoir, the views are breathtaking in the upper valley, but the weather can be extreme, especially in the winter.
5: There is a lot more snow up there. And in the winter, it is a lot colder. If it's 20 degrees on a winter night down in Ogden, it's probably 10 to 5 degrees up in the upper valley. It's just a good 10 to 15 degrees colder all the time.
0: So cold air gets trapped in the valley. What we know about cold air is it's heavier. It's more dense than warm air. So it gets bottled up in the valley. It's a really narrow exit to get in the valley. So unfortunately, it's all kind of stuck in there. What that does is help to enhance that region's cold temperatures and also snowfall.
1: Up to 70 inches of snow falls each year in the valley with December seeing the most, around 20 inches.
5: The snow we have here, the, the state of Utah has a motto that says the greatest snow on earth because it's a very dry, powdery snow. that's really good for skiing. It's not a slushy snow, it's a little
1: bit drier. And in December 2008, Huntsville was preparing for a very white Christmas. There were winter storm warnings in effect.
6: They were forecasting and more than a foot of snow.
1: The next day, after the storm has cleared, a deep snow blankets the upper valley and cold temperatures settle in
0: afternoon the temperature was 18 19 maybe 20 degrees there was some sun but it didn't do much temperatures later in the day were dropping by the minute and the snow had piled up
1: that afternoon the weber county sheriff's office gets an unusual call from a member of the road department he says his co-worker was plowing at the huntsville cemetery and came across something shocking this driver, after he started
2: plowing the road, felt a, a large thump in the plow and looked in his side mirror and saw what he thought was a human body get thrown with the snow as he was traveling westbound.
3: He saw the body of a female uh, covered in blood, uh, and that upset him a great deal.
2: The person who found it he was very distraught he called other people who were also workers of the Huntsville Roads Department they came down and looked and confirmed that it was a body found in the snow
1: The Sheriff's office rarely gets a call like this and especially not the day after Christmas They immediately send deputies there to check it out Meanwhile About 26 miles to the southwest, in the town of Leyden, another mystery is unfolding. There was a family
2: in Leyden who was looking for their loved one, a female,
1: 26-year-old, Noemi Rodriguez. Noemi left for work on Christmas morning and never returned. She wasn't answering her telephone. She had young
4: children. And there was concern because they hadn't heard from her. This is unlike her
1: to not respond to phone calls, to not come home. Born in Mexico in 1982, Noemi Rodriguez worked tirelessly to live the American dream. She
4: wasn't born in the United States, but she'd been here for for a lengthy period of time.
1: Life had been challenging for Noemi, who became a single mother of two boys by the age of 17. She lived in a city in Davis County.
4: She's really just trying to work hard and and trying to raise her her children and be a good mother.
1: To support her children, Noemi worked in the healthcare industry.
3: She worked as a certified nursing assistant at a local uh, care facility.
4: She was very good friends with a lot of her co-workers and the people that knew her well, they described her as as someone that was really fun-loving, somebody that liked to have a
1: good time. Noemi's brother, mother, and stepfather lived in the area, and provided support as Noemi pursued her career. She would take her children over there and have them
3: stay uh, with the parents uh, at times when she would be working.
1: Then in 2006, when she was 24 years old, Noemi found love when she met 31-year-old Gugberto Eres Corrales.
2: They were both of Hispanic descent. Guberto was f- from Mexico. And had
1: immigrated here. Gudberto worked in an auto salvage yard and liked to party hard during his off hours. The two hit it off, and Gudberto soon moved into Noemi's trailer in Leiden.
4: It was a serious relationship
1: that she was in with them, a serious, committed relationship. Their love deepened in 2007 when Noemi and Gudberto welcomed a baby daughter. Although not legally married, they appeared as committed as any husband and wife.
4: They had a child together. Uh, They lived together at the same residence, and she was a caring mother, someone that really loved her children and always there for her kids and was, was very reliable.
1: But all that hung in the balance after Noemi's parents reported her missing on Christmas Day, 2008. The next afternoon, deputies from the Weber County Sheriff's Office are on their way to Cemetery Point, where a body has been found in the snow.
2: There are people that have been lost and die from exposure. There could have been a medical condition where somebody had had wandered off and died. There is many different options that uh, investigators need to take when they're looking at something such as a found body.
1: As police head to the scene, Freezing temperatures and snow are about to be key players in a murder investigation, the likes of which Huntsville has never seen.
4: There's no question that the storm did play a role in this.
5: The weather helped us in a way, but it potentially hurt us in a way.
1: You've got a dead body, Inspector. I may be able to help with that.
5: This winter, all your favourite detectives are streaming on BritBox. Don't miss exclusive new seasons of Death in Paradise.
2: There must be something we've missed. Vera. It wasn't
5: an accident, was it love? Father Brown. What did he look like? And more. Once you start investigating, you won't want to stop. We're done when I say we're done. Stream your favourite detectives only on BritBox. Start a free trial at BritBox.com.
0: VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients.
3: As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop.
0: Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact.
1: On
4: Christmas of 2008, there was a, a snowstorm that came in and it lasted for quite a while, for for several hours, and it dumped a lot of snow.
1: The day after Christmas in 2008 in Huntsville, Utah, the parents of 26-year-old Noemi Rodriguez are wondering where their daughter is, while authorities are on their way to the cemetery after a snowplow driver uncovered the body of a woman buried in the snow. Weber County Sheriff's deputies arrive at Huntsville Cemetery and the conditions are less than favorable.
0: So that afternoon, the temperature only made it to about 18 to 20 degrees. The temperature was dropping by the minute.
1: When deputies make their way to the snowplow, they find a gruesome scene. There was such
4: a significant amount of blood that was in the street and that was mixed in with the snow, but they knew that that something serious had occurred. So the Homicide Task Force was called out and a a number of detectives arrived and and they started to collect the evidence and to document
2: the scene.
1: They start with the body.
2: The body was a female. She was fully clothed, uh, around 30 years of age. Face down was how uh, she ended up landing after being
1: pushed by the snowplow. When investigators turn the victim over, a cause of death becomes apparent. This
4: lady that was there had suffered a number of of stab wounds, most of them to her neck.
3: There were defensive wounds on the victim's hand, indicating that she had potentially fought back against the perpetrator she
2: did not have any id on her she did not have a purse she did not have a cell phone it was just the
1: clothing on her back that was found with her at the scene her body is frozen but investigators aren't sure for how long
5: a body will freeze especially if there's no protection no covering on it very rapidly in 20 degree weather
1: from the body Investigators follow a trail of blood up the road to a spot where they believe the attack occurred. It appeared at that time that she had been killed at that
2: spot and then left there. There was large pools of blood that had frozen over because of how frigid it was. And then the snowplow
4: truck moved the crime scene that traveled 100 feet or so to where the body was found. So that certainly presented, uh, some complications initially to the investigation.
1: Detectives find no vehicle left at the scene, so her killer had to have driven her there and then left.
3: There is one main road that leads to the cemetery, so you have to go in one way and come out that very same way in order to access the cemetery.
1: But when investigators examine it, other than the snowplow tracks no foreign footprints or tire tracks are noticeable. Due
2: to the weather and the snow falling, it's covered anything that happened
1: when the body was placed there. The amount of snow also makes it difficult to look for other evidence, especially the murder weapon. So crime scene investigators get creative.
3: Based on the sharp force injuries to her neck, which brought to mind a knife, as being the likely implement. They spent a a significant period of time with metal detectors going over uh, the surrounding areas.
2: Crime scene investigators started to take a leaf blower and try to blow away the snow to
3: see if they could find the weapon. But no weapon was ever discovered, so we lost some evidence uh, during the course of the snowstorm.
1: While the body is taken to the medical examiner for an autopsy, Police questioned the snowplow driver who struck the victim.
3: It is not uncommon for people who were involved in the crime to stay around and become witnesses. And the first person that discovered the decedent's body in this case was the snowplow driver, and certainly an examination of him was warranted.
1: But it's obvious the man is devastated.
3: He was fairly distraught and upset by the discovery of the body. So I think we were able to pretty quickly rule out him as a suspect in this case.
1: The driver tells detectives that the last time he plowed the cemetery was on Christmas Eve.
3: So we knew we're working with about a 48-hour window of time of when the body had to somehow have arrived in the cemetery.
1: Investigators head back to the station, knowing they have a lot of work ahead of them.
4: The female victim was unidentified. They did not know who she was. And it became very important to discover her identity.
1: Investigators immediately jump into action, scouring their databases, checking missing persons reports. Anything that,
2: was, that sounded familiar, anything that was like the victim that
1: we had. Unfortunately, they come up empty
2: nothing matched up on the 26th as far as any missing persons that had come through our dispatch center or in surrounding counties
1: investigators also checked fingerprints but find no matches
2: she never had a criminal record and her fingerprints were not in the system therefore she would could not be identified by fingerprints alone
3: we were really kind of at a puzzle as to who this person was
1: As detectives slowly reach a dead end in their Jane Doe murder case, the weather is about to give them their biggest lead and set them on a path to the truth. She was
3: obviously murdered and now it was time to determine when and how and who had done it.
0: As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills.
3: The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is.
0: Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact.
1: As police in Huntsville, Utah are working a murder investigation of an unidentified female, found stabbed to death in the snow in Huntsville Cemetery. Across town in the city of Leyden, a family is concerned for their missing daughter. The parents of 26-year-old Noemi Rodriguez still haven't heard from her. And now it's been two days since she left for work Christmas morning.
4: Her family filed a missing persons report and they didn't have uh, a lot of information. They were able to, to give her name
1: and that she hadn't returned from work. Meanwhile, that same day, the medical examiner performs an autopsy of the Jane Doe.
5: The autopsies usually occur a day after the body is discovered. And so they do have time to normally thaw out a little bit. You couldn't do a proper autopsy on a body that was frozen.
1: Although the snowy crime scene yielded few clues for investigators, the frozen body is a different story. Snow
6: itself is an excellent insulator. So with the body remaining underneath the snow, it's insulated from the air above, and it's also protected from the warming of the sunlight because the snow is reflecting most of the sunlight.
3: So cold weather uh, can actually be beneficial in that it helps preserve the body. And a medical examiner was able to determine that this decedent had suffered over 16 different penetrating stab wounds.
2: She was stabbed 16 times in the throat, along with numerous other uh, cuts to her chin and lower face, and also the defensive wounds to her hands.
3: It showed a brutal killing. He described the cause of death as exsanguination, which is essentially a loss of blood.
1: And based on the injuries, he could pinpoint the type of weapon used.
3: It was a, likely a three-inch serrated uh, knife that caused these injuries.
1: In addition, something else was preserved by the icy temperatures.
4: The medical examiner was able to find some skin cells under one of her fingernails.
5: The hope is, is that the deceased individual fought with the perpetrator that they might have scratched them or fended them off in some way that would leave the perpetrator's DNA underneath the victim's fingernails.
1: As the sample is sent to the crime lab for DNA analysis, her death is declared a homicide. But the viciousness of the attack gives detectives a clue into the identity of her killer.
5: When you see something like that, you assume that this person had a lot
3: of rage. When you kill somebody with a knife, you have to get up close and personal with that person. That told us that the perpetrator uh, was somebody that uh, likely was fairly close to the victim.
1: All they need now is to identify her. While the autopsy is wrapping up, Investigators get information that might do just that. We received a
3: report for a missing female out of Leighton, Utah, where the parents had reported their daughter had gone missing on Christmas.
1: The family of Noemi Rodriguez had given Layton police a physical description of their daughter.
3: And that was the first time we had uh, some common description that matched the decedent that we had undergoing the autopsy at that very moment.
1: Since the victim's body is in such good condition, investigators decide to take a photo of her face.
3: If we had not been able to find the body uh, in the time frame that we did with the weather helping preserve that, we would not have been able to take a photo based upon the nature of uh, decomposition and change.
1: Authorities take the photograph and head to Noemi's parents' home where Noemi had recently been staying. Through tears, they look at the photo. And there's no doubt it's Noemi.
3: From that identification we were able to get information from them as to what her last known activities were.
1: According to Noemi's family the last time they saw her was 5 30 a.m. Christmas morning when Noemi kissed her three children goodbye and went to work. She worked as a
4: as a nurse in a care facility. She had made plans with her kids that she was going to spend time with them later that day after work.
3: She was supposed to get off around 2 o'clock. And the family had not heard from her.
1: They also tell detectives that Noemi left in her own car, which is missing. So we
3: put out, uh, we call it an ATL, an attempt to locate for that particular vehicle in an effort to find out where that vehicle was.
1: As investigators uncover more of Noemi's life, two possible suspects emerge. She had a boyfriend that she ended
4: the
3: relationship with. She had this new boyfriend. He was one of the last people she was supposed to have been with on the day that she was killed.
1: After her body was found stabbed to death in a cemetery during a snowstorm, Weber County investigators are digging into Noemi Rodriguez's life to see who would have wanted the single mother dead. Once
3: we identified Noemi, we had determined that she had been involved in a number of recent incidences that had
1: been reported to the Layton police. They learned that Noemi had lived in a trailer in Layton with her three children and her boyfriend until he moved out. Then it suspiciously burned down a week before she was murdered. The trailer that she lived
4: in had had caught on fire and had been burned. There were some citizens that were driving down the street and they saw the flames. So they called 911 to report it. It was a very significant fire.
1: Luckily, Noemi and her children were at her parents' house.
4: Fortunately,
2: no one was present. Nobody was, was harmed as a result of the fire. The fire department in Layton City was still trying to determine whether it was an arson or not. And a full-scale investigation had not
1: started when Noemi's body was found. To Weber County detectives, it almost appears that someone really wanted Noemi dead. But who and why? Police questioned those closest to Noemi to get a clearer picture of what she was doing in the days leading up to her murder.
2: Her coworkers were interviewed, her bosses were interviewed, her family, her extended family.
3: We were able to identify coworkers, obtain uh, records from her work, showing when she clocked out of work and talked to her friends about where she was going. It helped us sort of point us in a direction as to who would have likely been the last ones to see her alive.
4: So in speaking with her coworkers and slash friends, they were able to explain that she had a boyfriend that she had ended the relationship with and that he wasn't handling it very well.
1: A few weeks before Christmas, Noemi broke up with her 33-year-old boyfriend, Gudberto Eris Corrales.
3: They had been together for a number of years, and they had a child uh, in 2006, a daughter.
4: They explained about a situation where she had been at a nightclub with some friends and was dancing, and and he arrived there and and confronted a male that she was dancing
1: with. So we learned about that incident that obviously caused us concern. Police also learned that Noemi had a new boyfriend, but they didn't know his name.
4: Her friends indicated that she'd been seeing him uh, for the last two or three weeks, it was a developing relationship. It
1: appeared to be getting more serious. In fact, her co-workers say that on Christmas, after her shift ended at 2 p.m., Noemi was supposed to meet him. She had borrowed some clothing from, from a friend,
4: some boots and a jacket. I think she wanted to look nice as, as she went and, and met this new
2: individual and she had talked to the friend and then left to supposedly go
1: and meet this new boyfriend. Police want to speak to both men and work on tracking them down. While they look into Noemi's cell phone records for clues to the identity of her new boyfriend, a discovery is made that fills in another piece of the puzzle.
2: While we were still searching for the phone records and trying to identify this new boyfriend, Noemi's family decided to drive down into Ogden, and Noemi's son looked over and
1: saw his mom's vehicle. They notify police, and sure enough, they confirm it's Noemi's vehicle parked outside of the hotel. Investigators came to the hotel and inquired
2: inside to the management if Noemi had ever checked in.
1: There was no record of her being at the hotel, but the weather from Christmas Day provides a new clue. There was snow piled up on top of the vehicle
2: and underneath the vehicle was dry, indicating that it had been there for the Christmas snowstorm that came through.
4: Because of that, the amount of snow that they were able to determine that that vehicle had been there for at least a couple of days and hadn't moved. So it was consistent with the timing of when they'd found her body. Detectives get a warrant and search her car. They did find some of her identification inside the vehicle. She hadn't taken her wallet. She had some personal items that were inside the vehicle that she normally would have had with her.
3: We never found her phone and the keys we uh, were also still in the vehicle. That was fairly odd. Which told us that,
4: that that was probably the location where she had been abducted from.
1: After checking phone records, Weber County detectives tracked down Noemi's new love interest, Gumero Quintero. He was one of the last people she was supposed to have been with on the day that she
3: was killed on Christmas. They were able to find him and they did interview him and he
1: he agreed to give a statement. Gumero says he works as a roofer and first met Noemi several weeks earlier at a dance club.
4: From the boyfriend's perspective, it seemed like this was a relationship that was developing, that had potential.
2: He seemed to really like her. He spoke with them about where he was supposedly was going to go and meet Noemi on Christmas afternoon.
3: He had a plan with Noemi to meet her at a hotel in Ogden and spend uh, a part of Christmas Day together. The plan was to meet up at 4 o'clock at that particular motel.
1: Luckily, the snow had held off while he was on his way to meet Noemi. It snowed on Christmas morning all the way into the early
6: afternoon. But we have this window from about 3 p.m. when it quit
1: snowing till about 7 p.m. and it started again. Gumero says they spoke just minutes before he arrived at the hotel. He was speaking with
2: her on the phone, and she had told him that she had just arrived, and he told
3: her that he was just a few minutes away. When he got there, uh, he saw her vehicle Uh, in the parking lot, but she was not anywhere to be found.
2: He went inside, talked to the clerks. She was not checked in. He decided that he would start calling her. He called her a number of times, and she didn't answer. He
1: left
4: her messages, and she never called him back.
1: He says he called her repeatedly for the next few days.
3: And so looking at his cell phone records, we were able to determine he had repeatedly called her during that period of time.
1: And they also
4: did a physical examination of him to look to see if there was any scratches, any bruises, anything that would indicate that he had been in some kind of an altercation, and they didn't find anything.
1: He denies doing anything to harm Noemi and says he spent the rest of Christmas with friends and family.
3: He had a pretty good explanation of his activities uh, during that period of time.
1: Police asked Noemi's boyfriend if he knows anyone who would want to harm her. And that's when he says he knows exactly who police should be looking at. Police close in on Noemi's killer. He just could not let
4: go, and he he would not let go.
3: He was kind of a ticking time bomb.
1: Three days into the murder investigation of Noemi Rodriguez, and after interviewing Noemi's new boyfriend, Gumaro Quintero, Weber County investigators now believe he had nothing to do with her death. But when asked who he thinks would want to harm Noemi, Gumaro points the finger at her ex, Guberto Eres Corrales.
3: She had indicated a concern about Guberto to her boyfriend that she could not escape him, and that he was always going to kind of be involved in causing problems in their lives.
1: Police focus on Gudberto Corrales. Detectives dig a little deeper and question their neighbors and those closest to Gutberto and Noemi, and a clear picture emerges of a woman in fear for her life. It
2: began to be an abusive relationship where Gutberto, numerous times had physically assaulted Noemi, and police had even been called to investigate a domestic violence complaint.
1: Noemi had expressed fear that one day he could harm her. According to friends and family, on December 18th, Noemi broke up with Gudberto and kicked him out of the trailer they shared. And that's when Gudberto started to harass and stalk her relentlessly. He was constantly trying to be in contact
2: and stay in her life. He wanted to get back with her. He wanted to see his child and show his child to his mother who was in town from Mexico.
3: Guberto would call her dozens and dozens, if not hundreds of times a day. Just repeatedly call, 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 call her. He would follow her around and show up at various places. He had made various threats in front of a number of people that he would kill her. And that if he couldn't have her, like nobody else would. Out of concern, she had actually put her kids with her parents rather than stayed at home.
1: And then two days later, her trailer burned down suspiciously. It kind
2: of led the family to believe that he was the person responsible. They believe that Gutberto was the suspect in burning this trailer down.
3: He was just really going after her in, in any way that he could. And uh, I think Guberto had
1: expected her to be in that trailer and hoped she would have been. Detectives believe his actions could have easily escalated to murder. Detectives check into Gutberto's phone records, which shows his constant calling and texting. And he was calling her dozens, some days, a hundred plus times a day leading up to
4: this. And following her death, he didn't call her one time.
1: Although it's all circumstantial evidence, everything is pointing to Gutberto. You
2: look at who is obsessive, who's been texting her, who's been calling her, and that would be Gutberto.
3: So investigators spent a significant period of time trying to determine where his whereabouts were.
1: Through family, police learn where Gudberto has been staying. And they learned that he had a residence in Ogden. When police arrive, they find no sign of him there. But his roommates say that late on Christmas, Gudberto came in and suddenly packed up his things and left. He picked up his mother and
3: within hours had driven straight to Mexico after the homicide, which was a fairly suspicious thing to do, uh, leaving his daughter here in the United States and never making any efforts to contact her. He did leave behind some clothing, though, that one of his roommates identified
1: as his clothing. And they actually collected uh, some boxer shorts. They send the shorts to the lab and hope to get his DNA from it. And a closer look at Gudberto's phone records show his movements the day Noemi was murdered. It's clear that both of their cell phones were pinging off the same tower at the cemetery after 4 PM. Records also confirm he left the country.
4: Those records showed his phone pinging off of towers,
2: driving south, basically straight to Mexico. We confirmed that he'd crossed the border into
1: Mexico right around the time that Noeme was being discovered. Gudberto was gone, and he'd gotten a good start, in part because of the heavy snow hiding the body. It allowed him time a good,
6: you know, almost 24 hours to get away. I don't know if he planned it, but it
1: worked out in his favor to escape to Mexico. And when DNA results come back after comparing skin cells found under Noemi's fingernail with the DNA taken from a piece of Gutberto's clothing, there is no doubt who the killer is.
3: We were able to determine that at the time of her death, Noemi had the DNA that had to be a male from Guberto's family under her fingernails, which was significant. To have a direct link
5: with DNA is huge. You can't even really overestimate how important that is.
1: In July 2009, murder charges are filed and an arrest warrant is issued. But Guberto is long gone. As Leyden police wrap up their investigation of the fire that burned down Noemi's trailer, they find evidence that it was in fact Gutberto. His phone record showed him being in the
4: area of her trailer right before it caught on fire.
1: Witnesses describe seeing Gutberto with burn injuries. His eyebrows were burned, his hair was burned, and
2: his hands, skin was flaking off, and admitted to his friend that he in fact did burn down this trailer.
1: The charge of arson is added to his murder charge, but authorities still need to find him. The hunt for Gutberto Corrales is on. Will investigators find him and bring justice for Noemi? Your fear as an investigator is is that the suspect is at large and
2: always will be.
1: In December 2008, frigid temperatures and heavy snowfall in Huntsville, Utah, stalled the investigation into the murder of 26-year-old Noemi Rodriguez, allowing her suspected killer Gudberto Corrales to escape.
4: I don't know if he had looked at the weather channel, but there's no question that the storm did assist him, and it really hid her.
2: We didn't have any tracks and couldn't find tire prints, footprints or any evidence around the scene of the crime.
1: But the cold also preserved Noemi's body, leading to her identification and cause of death and crucial evidence that directly linked to her killer. We could have lost that DNA evidence that was under her fingernails. Four years later, after Noemi's death, and still with no leads as to where Gudberto is, Detective Steve Haney takes over the case. He takes it personally that Noemi's family has never gotten closure. These people, they wanted justice for their
2: daughter, and I was going to do everything I possibly could to try to find him.
4: Detective Haney deserves a lot of credit because he continued to contact family members and continued to try to find a location for him.
1: It takes two years before his hard work
4: pays off. Detective Haney became aware that Guberto was in the region of
2: Sinaloa, Mexico. I got information that his mother's birthday was coming up and that he probably would be trying to get to her village to see her on and around her birthday. I passed that information on through the sources with the consulate and down into Interpol, which ended up
1: catching Guberto. Red tape causes delays in extradition until July, 2015. Nearly seven years after Noemi's murder, Gudberto Corrales is finally brought back to the US for trial.
2: I had worked this myself, tirelessly trying to find him. It was a significant moment in my career. We attempted to interview him. But Gudberto
1: refuses to talk. Nearly a decade after Noemi's death, Gudberto's trial finally gets underway. Prosecutors paint a picture of an obsessive man who refused to let Noemi move on with her life.
4: This was a murder that was really fueled by jealousy and by anger. It started with assaults, and then he burned down her trailer and then ultimately killed her.
1: Christmas Day, Noemi got off work around 2 p.m.
3: She had made plans to meet with her new boyfriend at a hotel.
1: Prosecutors believe Gutberto had been stalking Noemi and watched her pull up to the hotel at 4 p.m.
3: We can demonstrate from the phone records that he'd been following her to that location. They started to argue... We
4: can't say for certainty whether or not he abducted her at knife point. What we do know is that she did get into his vehicle, either by force or voluntarily, to talk to him. And
1: we know that he took her up into the mountains. It had snowed that morning, but the weather warmed up and cleared that afternoon.
0: That few-hour period where the temperature was around 40 degrees, it was really the window of opportunity for this murder to happen.
1: He
3: drove her up the canyon, up to Huntsville Cemetery, where their
1: argument continued. They get out of the car, standing on the road in the cemetery, and that's when prosecutors say Gutberto lost it. And they had this confrontation,
3: and he stabbed her.
1: It's clear that her
4: last moments were were very violent, very traumatic. She was literally in a fight for her life, and
2: that's how she obtained his DNA under her fingernail. Gutberto was so... In love and love sick, that he was willing to kill her so she couldn't be with anybody else.
1: Afterward, they believe Gudberto took her phone and left her there to die. With the heavy snow returning at 7 p.m., you know, it's it's quickly covering up the evidence. Giving him the opportunity to flee to Mexico before she was even discovered. After a nine-day trial. On November 14th, 2017, Gudberto is found guilty of first-degree felony murder. He is sentenced to 15 years to life in prison.
3: We had to promise repeatedly in order to get
1: him extradited from Mexico that we would not seek the death penalty. Gudberto also pleads guilty to torching Noemi's home in exchange for a lighter sentence to run concurrently with his murder sentence.
4: It really gave the family some closure and essentially the case was over at that point.
1: Although Noemi finally got her justice, the loss felt is everlasting. Well, this was a really tragic event
4: where she lost her life, you know, way too young in a violent and unnecessary
2: manner. She had young children. The effects that the family have of grandparents now becoming parents again and trying to raise her children All these
1: effects uh, on the family are so far reaching. And although the challenging weather conditions may have delayed justice and aided Gutberto's escape, without it, they may have never solved the case.
3: Weather is always a consideration. It just depends on the case, whether it's going to help or it's going to hurt.